0: Welcome to this episode of Bipolar Black Girl Podcast. My name is Mare Fortin and I'm your host. Today we have on Natalie, who also goes by Learn With Me Psychology on um, Instagram. She has a brand new podcast called Learn With Me Psychology Podcast, uh, or is it The Podcast?
1: The Podcast, I think, is what I did.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so Learn With Me Psychology, the podcast, which uh, is available now on YouTube and um, other streaming platform or other um, platforms where you uh, listen to your your favorite podcasts. So um, Natalie is from Canada. Uh, She is our first international guest. Um, She... uh, is a master's student earning a degree in psychology, and she is also, like me, bipolar and has ADHD. Hi, Natalie. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, it's just always such a pleasure to meet other people who have similarities to you, and um, yeah, so I'm just really glad to be here.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to have you on. I I found your Instagram page and you had some videos up and I was like, I need to talk to her. I need to see, you know, get her perspective on things. And she's a Canadian and if I know geography, that's to the north. So, (laughs) and it's not the United States. So welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs)
0: So let's talk about um, your life. If you want to tell us how much you want to share or, you know, about your journey um, receiving your bipolar diagnosis and, you know, what led you to even seek out the diagnosis and uh, those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, I like did a little video on this a while ago, so I'm going to try to, like, say what I said, but also add more. (laughs) Um, So what happened was I for for as long as I can remember, I had like bouts of depression. And I just thought that that's how everybody felt. I was like, oh, everybody feels terrible most of the time. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And like, even I go back to like, as a kid, like there were times where like, I was on vacation. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why am I not enjoying this? Like, I should be enjoying this. This is this is fun. I'm on vacation. And I remember having to tell myself like, I'm on vacation. This is fun. I should be having fun. And that should word is so challenging. But at the same time, it's like you were on vacation and you were, you know, at the beach and it was just really challenging to kind of feel that enjoyment. And so I can track kind of those depression parts of my life back like quite far. Um, And so I just that was my normal. Um, and it wasn't something that, that I thought could change. I didn't think that it was something that, um, I should get help for or anything like that. Like, I just thought like that was normal. Right. Because I had kind of, as, as far as I can remember, I had lived like that, um, with like my little spikes. Right. But those were like the rare kind of, you know, oh, this is so much fun, uh, spikes. And then I would come back down to my normal, which was not really baseline, but lower than baseline. And so that's how I felt like kind of all the time. That was my, my, oh, in French, it's like my everyday. And um, so that's how I was feeling. And then a friend came to visit me and she was telling me about her ADHD diagnosis. And she was like, oh, yeah, these are all the things that, like, they were talking about. This is the questionnaire I filled out. And I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> a- right. When it hits you, it really hits you, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a thing? Like, these things are a thing? Like, I was like, I do all those things, all those things. And right. so right. That, that got me going, like, okay, maybe I need to go see someone, And so I went, I waited, I waited forever one day to see a doctor uh, because it's so hard to get a family doctor here. So I went to a medical clinic and I waited for, I think, six hours or something. If if I said it a different number of hours in my other video, it's because I don't remember how many hours, but it was like a day. It was a full day. And right. so I waited and then I went in and I said, I think I have ADHD. Here's my self like screener. I printed it off from the internet and, he, and I want a referral to a psychiatrist. So I said, like, I was really clear that I didn't want to do anything just there. I wanted a referral to like a specialist. Um, mm. So I got the referral. I waited four months and then, well, and in the appointment... <laughs>
0: the appointment. Oh my God. Wait, let's not talk about Canadian healthcare because right now it's sounding like it's not that great.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't have anything to compare it to I mean I guess it's
0: like way, you know, free or you know, hundreds of dollars for immediacy. And then meds costs. Yeah. You know. And
1: I do I do pay for meds here. Um so you have to either you'll have benefits to pay for a medication or you'll pay out of pocket. Um, So that's not free in Canada, Um, unless you're on like maybe a special plan or something. I don't know. Um, But the, yeah, the appointments themselves, if they're through your province, yeah, then yeah, it took a while. But but that's actually not that long. Like, I thought it would take longer, to be honest.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I guess if you lived with it for a lifetime, you can live with it for another four months.
1: Yeah, I was like, I I was like, I exactly like I wasn't in crisis. Well, I I would say like that was the most challenging part of my life. Like everything was coming to a head. But I wouldn't say that I was in crisis. No, Um, I just was like really struggling with like, working while also maybe trying to have friends and maybe also trying to, you know, go to school and like all this stuff. I was like, how am I supposed to manage all of this? Um, And it was, yeah, it was a lot at that point in time. And so I got to the appointment and they did like the full like kind of evaluation and they were like, okay, so like based on like what you've shared today, like uh, we think that you do have ADHD. Uh, but we can't give you medication for that right away because you also have bipolar (laughs) and we don't want to give you medication for ADHD and have you go into a manic episode. And I was like, oh, first of all, what's bipolar? Second of all, what's a manic episode?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I had
1: no idea. So I kind of, um, she explained it in the appointment as like, And this is kind of the explanation that I've stuck with. I have bipolar, too. So this this is quite true for me. But essentially, like the way she described it was like you get your your kind of waves of depression, but then you also get um, you get your kind of higher, more elevated mood and that's why she didn't diagnose me with depression was because I get those higher, more elevated moods. And that's kind of how I've explained it to family and friends was like, it's really similar for Mm -hmm. me in my personal experience to depression. Um, But then because I get those more elevated moods, it's, it's not unipolar depression, it's bipolar depression and then bipolar hypomania. So that's kind of, that's kind of my journey to diagnosis. That's kind of how I ended up there. Yeah.
0: That's... that's. I mean, to go in for an ADHD diagnosis and come out with a bipolar disorder diagnosis must have been very challenging. I mean, I, I didn't find out I was bipolar until I landed in the hospital. Um, but I knew already that I w- um, had ADHD. Uh, but I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't really know... I didn't really i didn't really know what adhd or bipolar disorder was until i started doing this podcast and i've been living with it forever you know so um i guess it for me because i'm bipolar one depression it it's very similar to your story except that i was like manic during the day at school and you know when i went to bed I would fall into like a deep depression and just cry every night. But like you, I was like, is this normal? Does everybody do this? You know, is this, is this something I want to talk about? Cause if everybody doesn't do it, like I'm embarrassed or what do I say? Or what does that mean? Or do you know what I mean? All of these like things that go on in your head. So you sort of just learn to live with it until you reach the point where it's either, you know, you discover it like you did on your own, or you discover it in a, you know, an, a mental ward or by a psychiatrist in some way, you know? So either way, it's it's distressing, I'm sure.
1: It just cut out for a second. So I heard you say, or you discover it in, and then I, I missed the next part.
0: Oh, I dis- you discover it on your own. And then, um, you know, uh, you just, or you, you find out, you know, through like an emergency room mm-hmm. visit or a stay on the, on the ward or, you know, through some psychiatrist at, at some point when, well, I said it's distressing, but, but it's a distressing moment that gets you there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like your distressing moments, you figured out on your own with your own self-tests for ADHD. Yeah. You know, and then they and then they discovered that you were also bipolar.
1: Yeah, and I had I had participated in like some research a few years prior that kind of like made me think like, oh, maybe something's up, you know? Cuz they asked me all these questions and I was like, I don't know if this is how everybody answers the questions, you know? And so right. um, yeah, I think like I kind of had an idea. Um, but I didn't feel, it didn't feel urgent, right? Like it felt like I've just been living like this. Like I'm just going to keep. And then once I went on medication and started getting like kind of therapy that was more, um, kind of targeted, I just noticed like things got so much better so fast. And I was like, wow, like I, I don't have to be sad all the time. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, not enjoy fun things. Like, and it's been a big process of relearning how to do those things as an adult, like relearning how to enjoy things again and how to kind of make the most out of things. And I hate the idea of making the most out of like that. We use that so much, but, but it's true, right? Like, how how do we enjoy those small things like your morning coffee and that kind of thing instead of just feeling like it's something that you do every day and then have to do again the next day right like so it's been it's right. been a big learning process for me on this end yeah
0: for me too and i've i've also learned that like and i think we may have discussed this a little bit before of uh, setting routines and sticking to those routines so what does your day look like if you you know, if you do, you know, one activity later or earlier or not at all?
1: Yeah. So I uh, recently discovered that um, eating breakfast super important for me. Um, so I eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner are really big for me. So everybody has their own routines with food. Um, But for me, if I can make sure that I'm eating those meals and not, you know, forgetting to eat those meals or putting them off because I don't feel like cooking or that kind of thing, if I can make sure that I eat those meals, I keep myself pretty regulated. I notice that my emotional state is a lot more kind of in flux when I, uh, you know skip a meal and so that's a really big thing for me if I'm like already a little bit high or a little bit low and then I don't eat I notice that it kind of exacerbates everything um, the other thing is with sleep like if I don't sleep uh, and get to bed sleeping for me is an interesting one because I know a lot of people have a hard time falling asleep I don't once I'm laying down I'm out. But which, it, which I know is a blessing that a lot of people want, but it's so hard sometimes to just get into bed. And so that's where I have my issues with sleep is like, oh, I just want to do this. I just want to do this. I just want to do this. And then all of a sudden it's too late and you're not getting enough sleep. And so that really impacts me quite a bit, too. So my big routines are like the simple things like get enough sleep. And I, I like like eight hours or more like that's And then, um, and then make sure, and everybody's different. Like this is just what works for me. Uh, so I like to make sure that I get my sleep. I like to make sure that I have my breakfast in the morning. I drink coffee. So I have a coffee with my breakfast. Um, and then, yeah. And then I'm kind of good until I need to make sure that I eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big one for me. If I like go out and I'm doing things, I need to make sure that I eat lunch because I'll,
0: I'll, I I I forget to eat all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't eat until the end of the day, really. Really? Like I may snack a little bit, but I, I don't, I'm not really hungry. But then when I get hungry because I've forgotten to eat, it's like I'm ravenously hungry. And then I start getting stressed out and feeling terrible. And do you know what I mean? Like it's a physical feeling. Like I feel nauseous and it's just, and then I'm like, girl, eat, eat something. You're hungry. This is what hungry <laughs>
1: feels like. Yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. For it's different for everybody, and the same with sleep. I can fall asleep easily. I just can't stay asleep. I only sleep six hours a night, Mm -hmm. but I I do take a nap in the middle of the day sometimes Mm -hmm. because I I, otherwise my brain is just on overload. And then, like sometimes, I have to tell myself go to sleep if I if my brain is like overactive. Like I have to, I literally have to go to sleep just to stop thinking.
1: I mean, that's the only time I'm not thinking if I'm completely honest as
0: well. There's like a trillion things going through my mind right now. Oh yeah,
1: totally. That's life with ADHD for sure. It's like, oh, I'm thinking about this, but also do I need toilet paper from the
0: store? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. So, um... I, um, how did you decide, was it because of your own personal journey with uh, mental health issues that you decided to, uh, get, earn a master's or work towards a master's in psychology?
1: No. So I actually got diagnosed, um, a few months into my program. So I, (laughs) Yeah, so I was like just starting the program was really interested in it and then um I got diagnosed once I was already a few courses in and I went through this moment of like oh gosh like can I still help people? And then I was like, "Oh wait, no, I can help people even better because I understand. Exactly. I understand what it's like to like go through this process." And um so that was like a whole a whole moment <laughs> um but also uh my kind of passion for psychology came from my experience in teaching so i'm a teacher and i just i saw that like okay so there's all these supports in schools right like we have you know different people who come into the school to support kids we have the teachers themselves kids have their parents right we have like this whole community and um then once you become an adult, like where's the community, right? Like what I just feel like people fall off, right? Like you graduate high school and if you had mental health challenges or, you know, well, my main issue that I was thinking about was mental health challenges. You, you know, go to university and maybe you have a help center or you go, you know, into work and maybe you have access through work, but maybe you don't. And it was like, how do people who are struggling kind of work through that without help, right? Like we need help. We need people to help us, guide us, and you know support us in doing what we want, right? And I've benefited so much from therapy in my experience. I've gone to lots of therapy. And um, I just wanted to be a part of that process because I feel like there are, you know, so many really great teachers out there and so many really great parents and so many really great professionals that go into schools. And it kind of felt like all of this, like love and care, I was like, I wanna give that to people once they graduate school and once they're kind of out in the world, like, and they, you know, maybe their mom or dad are not around or maybe they you know don't have that community support like where do where can those people go to get that feeling of okay I support you what's our next step and that's kind of what led me I like get a little emotional but that's kind of what led me towards mm-hmm. like you know maybe I will work with kids in the future right and I love I love kids I love families but I also just have this really strong kind of connection with that adult experience of, okay, where do you go for, for mental health support, where you feel connected, you feel nurtured, you feel like you can kind of move forward. So that's, that's really what I want to be a part of.
0: That is so awesome because I I mean, outside of, you know, my husband and my, um, psychiatrist and, and psychologist, um, I really don't have like a support network. Like, this is my support network, talking to other people and other um, doctors who are familiar with bipolar or focus on bipolar disorder, because that's how I'm learning in the process of learning about me and how my, my brain works and how it works in, you know, differently than other people who are bipolar or the same, like what traits do we have in common that are just like, oh my God, like... It's totally, you know, a, a symptom or sign of, um, and you know, I I also want to destigmatize bipolar disorder and and all mental health issues, you know, and I think that as adults, especially if you're uncomfortable with your diagnosis, you um you need that support to. To just, you know, deal with the stigma that's attached to your diagnosis.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that community piece, like what you mentioned, like the people that I have met online through Learn With Me Psychology, like including yourself, right? Just like out there reducing stigma by like sharing their stories, by being out there, being, you know, like it's just beautiful. And the number of people that I've had message me say like, oh, like I felt so seen in this video or whatever it is. Right. Like, you know, it's really, I just like what you're doing is so impactful. And I think that like, we're really getting, we're getting there, you know, like we're. I know I'm
0: so excited. I I mean, when you told me that you started your podcast or had the first one drop yesterday, like I was so like, oh my God, this is awesome. More people are you know, getting out there and, and encouraged to, you know, be themselves. Like for me, it's just like, I just want to be myself. But in order for that to happen, I need to understand me. And in some ways you need to understand me. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, um, and I can tell you, but if you're familiar with the disorder already, you know, kind of what to expect. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because A lot of people just don't know what bipolar disorder is. I I really, you know, I'm still discovering.
1: Well, and I think that's the thing too, right? Like things are always changing and we're going to keep learning more. Um, But I think if people have, like people kind of know for the most part what things like depression and anxiety are, right? Like I'd like bipolar to be one of those things where like, you know, growing up or in university when I noticed, because I noticed those cycles before I got diagnosed. I just thought that that was depression at the time. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. But if I had known that that kind of cyclical um like routine i guess if i had known that that meant maybe that it was something different then would i have gone sooner to go see a doctor or you know what i mean and then started understanding myself sooner and been able to have better relationships and i talked in my episode with mike the other day about how my relationships after my diagnosis are so much better and so much stronger just because i feel like i'm able to actually be myself in them like i can I can talk about my like more depressive dips. I can talk about my like higher dips and I, and people are understanding because they, they've had kind of a base level. I've, I've provided them with like a little base level of knowledge and, and they get it right. Like they know that they're on my list in my mirror <laughs> and they know that I'm I might call them if I need like a little bit of support. And it's, it's the same as when they call me and they have something that just went down. Right. Like, so I think I think it's just so important to you know to have that ability to have the words to explain what's going on because otherwise I I just didn't know like I didn't know how to explain it,
0: so yeah. right and it was the same I, st- I mean I it, the opposite of you a lot of my um, personal relationships have suffered since because um, I, I also. Um, present very aggressive behavior because I'm also borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. so um when i'm manic i'm very aggressive but also kind of when i'm depressed i'm sort of aggressive too like i'm just an aggressive person and um so i have i've have tried to explain you know, but it's like, and to some, you know, to to a certain degree, it's like, especially certain people in my life, it's like they've never taken an interest in it, in and how it affects me. So I don't, um, I just don't, you know, I just don't talk to those people because i they've, you know, I'm kind of like if you're upset with me and you can't tell me why. Or you don't tell me why then i don't know what to do do you know what i mean so it's like if you and i if you don't give me the opportunity to say well i didn't mean it this way or this is because of this and i don't mean it personally or whatever you know i don't i don't have a chance to explain myself so i've i've lost several friends you know who or several people who just don't want to hear an explanation or maybe just don't want to accept an explanation because they've known me this way all my life, mm-hmm. you know, or that way all my life, you know, cause I didn't get help till I was in my mid thirties and didn't feel normal literally until a few months ago. So that's a long time of, of bullshit that's just built up in relationships over time and now I'm here, and they don't want to meet me, or they haven't stepped forward to meet me, so I just kind of forget them, which is a good thing about ADHD. You can totally forget people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. I think,
0: totally, out of sight, out of mind. I think
1: it's its totally, like, I have kind of a very, I guess, small group of people who I think i am I'm very honest with, and who are, you know, who are kind of I guess not like mm, who are who are helpful listeners right who I can talk to and who and who are helpful that way but I completely agree like you know there are situations where you know if it's not a helpful interaction for either of you then
0: right what's yeah you know it'll, it'll happen again in the future or it won't in the meantime I'm like you know I'm okay with it because I forget.
1: <laughs> that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I, I'm just trying to think I've had um, a lot of relationships. And I think because I went into like, I'll get like, um. sometimes my highs are more like, Oh my gosh, music feels more intense, like all of those kinds of things. But then I do mm. get like every so often, like an irritable high. And that's when I'll be I'll get into an argument and I'm like overstimulated and I'm in an argument and I just like unleash. And um, those moments are really challenging because it's like some of the things were things that would have bothered me anyways, but I often find myself in a situation where I'm like, oh, would I have been so annoyed <laughs> about, you know, this thing? Or would I have been this much annoyed? Like I, uh, I struggle with that for sure. And I, before my diagnosis, I think I didn't like I, I've had a lot of relationships end with that because I will I'll flip and then and then the relationship is just over. And so right. since my diagnosis, I've gotten a lot better at apologies I think this is just my personal experience of like if that person really matters to me and they're willing to listen to me then I will go like I'm thinking particularly with my family I'll you know talk to them about it when I'm like when it's kind of petered off and then that's how we've we've managed it but I do need time I can't do it right away so most of the time yeah
0: yeah, I need I need time too because I but I'm learning to take the time in the before I speak in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Because I have zero impulse control. Zero. If and I if I'm thinking about it, I'm doing it, you know, good or bad. And I often find myself going, oh, my God, what did I do just do after I just sent that email or just sent that text? I'm like, wait a minute. What do you know what I mean? Like it's like, but in the moment i'm just like so impulsive that i i can't help myself it's like my my fingers just start going you know and and uh yeah it often ends negatively
1: something i've found really helpful it doesn't always work but i've i've kind of framed for myself like reacting versus responding i don't know if you've yeah
0: I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I'm working on it too. Like, am I reacting or am I responding? Because responding is more like reflective, <laughs> like all those, all those things. And then reacting is like, I feel it in my body. Like I feel hot. I feel my heart racing. I feel like my hands mm-hmm. almost like not shaking, but I'm like so in it if I'm texting. Like I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And that for me is like what I've conceptualized as like reacting. I'm like, hmm, if I'm doing something right now in response to it's probably a reaction and not a response, right? And so I, I'm working right. on that. So it it's it's a it's a lifelong process, I think. I think we'd get to oh, get it better totally and better.
0: is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um how has um be, had, you know, are you do you have any of the like uh fears of crowds, fears of being you know, does any of that part of like play into your bipolar disorder? Like, um, for me, it's easy to stay inside because I don't have anywhere to really go. I do, I work from home, and sometimes I feel like I'm so unmotivated to just get out and do something, which I feel is part of my, uh, might be part of my ADHD. Um, and then I start developing, like I started uh, developing agoraphobia and, um, you know, th- like I just lost all my confidence and I feel like um, unmanaged bipolar disorder, or when you're not at your base level, you know, you sort of show, those behaviors
1: for me with going outside I it is very easy to just hang out at home like I love hanging out at home but then I notice that when I hang out at home for an extended period of time like I have to go to work and things but I'm able to just like not leave the house in a day and it doesn't bother me but that's kind of my limit is one day um because I've mm-hmm. noticed that if more than one day goes by and i'm just like working from home because i don't work out of my house every day but if i'm just you know working from home um, doing my assignments doing you know and I don't go out like even to the grocery store has been like my outing many times <laughs> I'm like oh I'm gonna go to the grocery store I'm gonna get dressed to go to the grocery store I'm gonna go to the grocery I'm gonna enjoy the grocery store and it's like that's my outing sometimes for the day and i think I've found that that's really important for me because i Going to the grocery store, believe it or not, actually makes me feel kind of nice after, but I hate going. Like,
0: I hate, I hate the grocery store. <laughs> I hate the grocery store. Like, until recently, I hadn't been inside of a grocery store in close to a year. Wow. Yeah. And certainly not by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think that was actually that's depression. Like, I just didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I just wanted to stay in my house and lay on the sofa and you know, and, and that's, it's not ADHD, it's more, uh, depression that, that demotivated me and then started making me fearful or give, give me anxiety when I would think about doing those things. So going to the store was like, even getting up and getting dressed was like, you know, almost a fear there, you know, or saying I'm not going anywhere. So where I get dressed, you know, and just this total depressive state. And this actually went on for like, a year and a half, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it just—it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. The store for me is overwhelming, even when I'm fine. I don't like standing in line. I'm too impatient. I'm too impulsive i'm like if there are nine people in line i'm not buying whatever i went in the store for
1: the grocery store is the only place where i do wait in line because it's more annoying to put everything back than it is to wait in line but like if i have one you're such
0: a good canadian americans we just leave the cart and walk away (laughs) i can't
1: imagine doing that that's so funny
0: Oh my god! I can't imagine going around the store and putting everything back. You know, they pay people here to do I that. I think they
1: do here too, but I just. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, I guess like for me, the grocery store brings me like some joy because I do like being around people. But when I'm at home, I don't feel like, it's like there's a threshold. And so I don't, I don't enjoy crossing the threshold, but I do enjoy the other side. So like, yeah, I, I don't enjoy leaving because I'm always forgetting a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff and I don't enjoy, you know, like actually getting in my car and like those kinds of things, but I do really enjoy being out and like, you know, Oh, maybe I'll go get a You seat. don't like the process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I find myself doing that as well. I, I, But I'm getting better about it. Like now when I leave the grocery store, especially if I've gone in and got um, by myself, I feel more confident after leaving. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I know that it's good for me. But I also hate going to the grocery store because the one thing I go in for is the one thing I leave without. Always. Like I'll go in for milk. I'll get eggs, bacon, bread, whatever. Shaving cream, cat food. No milk.
1: Oh, I've done that you know. so many times. And then everybody's like, write a list. And I'm like, you think I'm gonna remember
0: to write a list? <laughs> I do write lists and then I forget. Really? They are. <laughs> or I'm too lazy to check the notes part on my phone if I've written it there. <laughs> so I'm I have many lists.
1: I just don't write a list anymore because I like I, I feel like the grocery store I get like if I write a list, it's never in the right order. Like it's like zigzagging okay. to the grocery store.
0: Right so I'm right. like more
1: annoyed with my list. But if I just go and I free flow the grocery store, I mean, it's so much more fun.
0: But you know, like as you walk up and you don't have to get everything in the order that it's on your list. I
1: know, but I, I know. But I find it so much more stressful to just be like checking back <laughs> and be like, oh, that was over there and I didn't get that, and I didn't I'm sure people do yeah. it quite well and and are able to manage a list, but I really don't like
0: it. <laughs> I've seen people do I know it's possible. my mom does it i i, I can't i'd be I'm like, oh, it's all up yeah. here, and then I forget how yeah.
1: but we live without those things for a couple of days, and we're fine
0: exactly, exactly, or you send your husband back. I so. mean, yeah, if you have.
1: <laughs> I'm just like man i love myself
0: that's the only reason to have a husband so that he can remember the shit you forget
1: <laughs> okay i'll
0: get me one of those <laughs> get one immediately <laughs> oh my gosh all right natalie well it was so much fun talking to you and i'm i'm uh i'm happy to hear an international perspective on mental health issues and mental health awareness and um And it really brings me great joy to know that you are stepping out um, and, uh, you know, making it known that you are bipolar and and it's fine and everybody is crazy in some way or another. And, you know, and and keeping the conversation going and keeping the issue top of hand, because that's the the top of head. That's the only way I feel like we can... Destigmatize it is is if there are enough of us out there talking about it and getting forcing people to to hear us. I I, I I always feel unheard, and I feel like this is a way to, you know, at least get it out. And I hope that people are listening.
1: Mm-hmm. And I uh, I think it's just yeah. If we're if we if we have ADHD, we're probably pretty good at sharing our stories and <laughs> that kind of thing, so we can be. <laughs> I do talk a lot. So we can we can get it out there. And thank you so much for everything that you do. Um I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and chat with you. And uh yeah, I look forward to hearing new episodes and I'll see you around.
0: Thanks, Natalie, for taking the time to share your story. Don't forget to check out her new podcast, Learn With Me Psychology the Podcast. You can find it on YouTube and wherever you currently find your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Mary Fortin. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Black Girl Podcast. Please hit subscribe.